I'm Scott Blakeman, getting through this in Manhattan. And I'm Tom Saunders in L.A., where I can now say with confidence, baby, the beach is back. Yes, from Malibu, California, all the way to Venice and beyond, beaches as crowded as they were empty last year. Beach traffic on America's Pacific Coast Highway near any of the beaches is comically parking lotical. And why isn't that word in the Oxford English Dictionary yet? The answer may surprise you. Meanwhile, there's something new on the sand of the great beach in L.A. Bay. Elegant dinners with friends under elegant beach umbrellas with fringe. And of course, gourmet food on a special low beach table with about six or eight friends. That's right. You heard it here first. Beach dinners under an elegant beach umbrella with fringe on the public beach in the Palisades and Santa Monica and soon, at the, as the Beach Boys song might say, all over uh, USA. A sophisticated fun with a view of the sunset over the Pacific Ocean. Yes, the beach is back, but apart from an evening stroll with my wife, I'm not back on the beach. Why not? Well, this story isn't about me, so let's procrastinate on answering that question by putting a pin in it and then circle back to it. What we're not going to do is punt. That's not who we are. So for now, I'll just say, perhaps with a sad wink, mirror, mirror on the wall, who has the fairest skin of all? I am swept away by waves of excitement hearing your first hand down to the bustling, yet still elegant beach scene in Southern California. And as you said, Tommy, this time last year, those very beaches were empty, desolate, as were the paths that walkers, cyclists, and skateboarders now frequent with abandon. This reporter's previous beat before moving to Manhattan in October was the beaches and boardwalk of Manhattan Beach, Brighton Beach, and the Coney Island in Brooklyn. And for the first time in two years, that famed amusement area has reopened to the squeals of delight from youngsters and the young at heart. Yes, yes, the beach, that great refuge open to all who wish to escape the teeming masses of the city and frolic in the sea and lounge under the hot summer sun. Tommy, though many would peg me like you as a fair skinner, I actually am able to develop a brown tan. Even, in fact, with the protection of my SPF 30 or 50 sunscreen. Last summer, I regularly promenaded along the wood planks of the boardwalk, but surprisingly never laid out, as they say, on the sand. Well, you heard it here first, getting through this, listeners. This summer, I will venture to the beaches of Brooklyn and to those on the Long Island and sunbathe on a large beach towel or blanket. And breaking news. I won't even be waiting until June to hit the beaches, since I will be in Clearwater, Florida, the first week of May, to visit my sister. Does that mean I could possibly be the first person in New York City to have a tan upon my return? <laughs> the answer may surprise me. A tan. <laughs> the very word conjures up all manner of sun worship tales from the past, from my past, including painful memories of sunburns from long ago lying in the sun for way too long and regretting it to this day. All from the desire to look less white and pasty, as one of my older brothers would say, with a sneer, mocking and belittling me for being inside too much of the summer. And 
for being 13 while he was 19 at the time. An entire podcast episode could be called Sunburn and would be a nostalgic look back at the times we've laid on the beach or the lawn or somewhere unlikely trying to catch some rays, as we used to say, and seriously, in, co in the college I went to, where students used to use special tanning butter made to magnify the intensity of the rays of the sun on the skin. You know, those who condemn exposure to the sun are themselves condemned to a life without the benefits of vitamin D. Now, of course, Tommy and I are not proponents of the leathery, overtanned skin that was popular up until the early 1990s, but we all believe it was in the science of sun protection. So before you lie down to soak up those rays or catch the rays, as college-age kids might say, lather up with the skin and life-saving lotion that provides the protection you need. And for those who complain that putting on suntan lotion takes too long, may I introduce you to the space-age technology of suntan spray? Yes, the SPF protection that you previously had to slather on your skin can now be sprayed instantly. So no more excuses, sun worshipers. <laughs> what can be more sexy than seeing a woman apply suntan lotion? It's the cool and safe way to have fun in the sun. Scotty, when I seriously think about all the untold tales about our beach doings, just yours and mine beach doings, I'm shocked to realize it would fill several volumes at over a thousand pages per volume printed on single spaced and 10 point font. Now, just to read the best stories aloud for audible books would take an even fast reader months even being forced to read unreasonably long hours per day with few wet rest periods, which we would never let happen. But the point is, there are lots of beach stories waiting to be told. Like how in Hawaii, my wife and I discovered the beaches were surprisingly small, and one was so covered with tortoises, it was creepy. All you saw were tortoises and ocean. And hot, I huddled under a uh, a, a Hawaiian beach umbrella on a beach in Maui for hours, just reading a bestseller and wondering, why did I come to Hawaii for this? Yes, indeed. I would be a little uneasy laying out in the sun with tortoises nearby, as, as, although they have good intentions and are quite slow, but it would be a little <laughs> off-putting. Now, Tommy, if I added my own reflections on the word and place we call the beach, our beach podcast would run so long, it would be thousands of years, which sadly might deter some listeners yeah. not willing to make that time commitment. But the beach is truly a magical place, however expansive or limited the actual beach is. It's the place where people essentially parade around in colorful underwear that's socially acceptable simply because we call it swimwear. So fascinating, absolutely uh, uh, true, Scotty. And it brings to mind a novel water fun activity you and I, we invented decades ago called wave withstanding. <laughs> the rules of the sport were simple. You stand in the water and as the surf crashes against you, you attempt to maintain your stance with your feet firmly in the sand. If your feet don't move, you win. If your feet do move, the wave wins. The thrills of wave withstanding make surfing seem like tiddling winks using nerf tiddlies <laughs> the success of wave withstanding soon led to wave taunting trash talking at waves that 
failed to knock us off our pins. Now, when beachgoers enjoy the sun and surf of Long Beach and New York's Long Island, they may wonder why there's no plaque commemorating the first wave-withstanding tournament, an informal event scholars believe happened there in August of 1980, although the exact date is still in dispute. Nevertheless, for hardcore wave-withstanders, or wavers as they prefer to be known, uh, from Hawaii's Big Island to Cape Town, South Africa, Long Beach, New York is hallowed sand to which all must make the pilgrimage at some point in our careers. Well, Tommy, I happily recall our Long Beach adventures of the early 1980s, especially the wave-breaking, groundbreaking games of wave withstanding that we enjoyed. And, well, I also remember the bitter disappointment we felt when the IOC failed to make wave withstanding an Olympic sport. But we, we got over it and moved on. In fact, wave withstanding actually never caught on even as a domestic beach competition. So we can relish the fact that only you and I, Tommy, and our marvelous guest participants ever stood our ground against the mighty waves and made that a game with a name. <laughs> well, part of why wave withstanding hasn't taken off nationwide like surfing did in the early 1960s is the lack of wave withstanding songs. The Beach Boys, Scotty, never made an album titled Let's Go Wave Withstanding. <laughs> it, it did not, this album that was never made also did not have songs like Keep Your Feet on the Sand and the Ocean in Your Face. <laughs> and there, there were the many Wave Withstanding B-movies starring Frankie Avalon and Annette Funicello that were never made. Movies that could have had them singing love songs while withstanding fake waves obviously shot indoors on a Hollywood set. Scotty Gidget never gave her heart to surfer idol Moondoggy in the Gidget movies at the dawn of the surfing era. But the writers failed to even create a wave withstanding character called Firm Footy. <laughs> Saves Gidget somehow by standing firm against a giant wave. This being said, Scotty, let's hasten to add, we do not approve of daredevil wave withstanders who await a tsunami to show how brave they are. Wave withstand smartly and safely. As we always did back in the early 80s, Tommy, and we, we didn't go very far out, and uh, but we stood our ground nonetheless in the best possible way. And it was, um, again, no one previously had ever done it. And again, no one ever did it after we stopped uh, having that competition in Long Beach. So basically, uh, I don't like the expression, but we own wave withstanding. It is our own world. And I do feel, Tom, and I don't, I don't say this for self-aggrandizement, but uh, I feel that it will have its day. It'll come back. They'll say, yeah, it had a little you know, run in early 1980s, Tommy and Scotty. Uh, never caught on, but now it will, Tommy. Now it will. Well, Scotty, it's interesting. When surfing started, it was back in the 1920s, I think. Um, in Hawaii, oh. it was, it, 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 uh, or, or it may have been even earlier than that, but it took until the 1960s. And actually, it was, and this is true for you, for the geniuses listening, uh, uh, will know that this is true. It was the Gidget movies, and you see this uh, that that actually made uh, made uh, surfing a national thing, a national craze. The Gidget movies. And it actually affected the sport among the real professional surfers. So 
that never happened with Wade withstanding. We never had our Gidget. Yeah, but as you say, Tommy, 40 years passed before the Gidget movies, after the invention of surfing in the 1920s, uh, soon after the Spanish flu of 1918. Uh, and so basically our movie is yet to be made. And wait right. a minute, I think if anyone's going to make it, we should. We should. And, you're, uh, uh, and, and according to the timeline, so it took about uh, it took 40 years from the time of surfing's discovery to the first Gidget movie. Will it take 40 years from the time in 1980? Yeah. That's yep. exactly it's right. Wow. Years. This time is on our side here, Tommy. And, you know, I, I you know, I was feeling a little uh, down, a little sullen when I reflected on the fact that, you know, it had not caught on. And, and now the way you put it, we're just exactly right where we should be 40 years out, same way surfing was. So we just need our Gidget Wave Withstanding movie. And yeah. uh, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. We just need our Gidget Wave Withstander. The person that the, the, the uh, you know, it, it, well, the whole thing about Gidget, she was a real character, actually. And I met her. Um, oh. she, she, no. was, uh, uh, she was she became a greeter at a, a big um, sort of a bar kind of a restaurant on the ocean in, in Malibu called Duke. Oh, and, yeah. Um, and, and she had all sorts of information about her. And she was and she was short. Was this so did some the writer or the creator of Gidget? She was sort of a beach legend. Yeah. Uh, she was. Now, the, the thing about Gidget was that she was this short girl in the 1960s, teenager, who was the daughter of a TV writer who saw in this, uh, in Gidget, you know, she became sort of popular among the other surfers, but they gave her this name, which now would be considered um, politically incorrect. It's a short of girl hyphen midget uh, you know what time it's funny I, I i'm sometimes slow as they say i'm picking up things and for some reason i never uh until this moment ever made that uh connection you seem like just a cute name uh, right you know and that's what they thought right. in the 1960s too was the cute name in the first movie by the way that that the hyphenated uh, uh term uh -huh. But so this guy writes this, these books, actually, they were uh, about his daughter, these kind of fun teenage level books. They catch on. And then, of course, they become the movies. And 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 uh, it and, and literally it changed surfing. And and that's what we need, Scotty. We need our wave withstanding Gidget. We just do. And 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 uh, the real Gidget was was real do we need to find a real way with standing well uh, we're the real ones Tommy. and i actually i think that our movie will go as great as the gidget franchise was we're going so much further because we're not about you know moon doggies and the swaggering surfers and the muscle bound people and all that no we're the real this is the gidget for the real folks just people who like to spend a day at the beach and like to stand with withstand the waves and so i think yeah. ours will have ultimately a greater appeal if possible of course it will scotty it's it, it will absolutely become the thing to do now the other thing that's happening the big phenomenon that's happening right now are those beach umbrellas with fringe oh uh, yeah and and th that's what's you know right now the beach is all about a, as a fancy place to have dinner with your friends and watch the the sunset uh, but what we're going to do is bring the fun of of the water back to the beach experience with our wave withstanding culture it's, it's really a culture we'll, we'll have well and, and and let's not forget as you pointed out of wave taunting 
because what we're doing is most people go, it's a passive thing. Okay, well, go to the beach. All right, I'm going to sit down. Oh, let's see what the waves do to me. No, no, we don't sit and wait. We do. We we're proactive, as they say. We taunt the waves in a very, very good natured, ribbing kind of way. The waves love us. There's never been a wave, to my knowledge, that was kind of down or a little you know, sniffly and like, oh, he made fun of me. No, it's no. it's because we respect the waves. Well, that's the other thing is that if you if uh, uh, that's one thing you can really insult the waves and nobody gets mad at you. Hey, stop picking on the waves because it's a wave. That yeah. Was, right? And so uh, 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 that's the one time when it's actually okay to be insulting is when a wave knocks you over or fails to knock you over, and you can mock it uh, for being for you know not being a, a weaker wave. Yeah, uh, and um, and I, I will admit that uh, I uh, eschew the ocean in many ways, except to those days because I've been knocked down with waves, and I go, what do I need this for? Uh, you know, I literally would say that I was nine, which is rare for a nine-year-old to say, what do I need yeah. for? But I was one of the first of my well, age to say a, 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 One of those nine-year-olds who going on 59. Well, at that point, at that time I was. And I, after that, I basically. Uh, what do I need this, this Michigan yeah, for? Exactly. That would, <laughs> I, owned, I was hired as a garment worker salesman <laughs> immediately after that. Um, well, great. I mean, that's. That's a that's a real um, you know that's that's a, a a a really inspiring story actually. Well, I I think I grew up a lot quicker than you know by having that wave experience. But but Tommy, it's funny. It, it is a special time, and I'm so thrilled that we'll be able to uh, bring that back. And the beach really is a metaphor, as you say. These elegant diners on the beach, with normally uh, that was not the case. In fact, isn't it amazing thinking back to many many decades ago where it was considered uh, undesirable to live by the water and, and lobster was considered a lowbrow kind of uh, food stuff and how things have changed so dramatically. Very dramatically, Scotty. Um, and, and it's funny also, this is another thing, it used to be thought of uh, as, as bad to, to um, live near the, a huge pit of toxic garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it still is. It's still considered bad. So that hasn't yeah. That hasn't changed people's minds too much. Yeah, that's that sort no, of. Uh, it's still the same. People still don't want to live next to that. But the beach, that's different. Now people are. And by the way, the next tsunami movie should have people sit, uh, eating polite dinners with a, a a beach umbrella with fringe, and then the tsunami in the background. And a one lone wave withstander. Yeah, well, that's it, Tom. Because that's how that's the. I'm so glad you said it. That's how our film goes beyond the Gidget. The Gidget films were fun and frothy, and ours will have all of that. But as you yeah. say, there will be this thrilling, dramatic component where a tsunami threatens to wash away this lavish dinner. And but it is the wave withstanders uh, who save the day and the dinner. <laughs> most important and then they just go on and, and then there's a twist that could happen i don't know we should discuss it but will one of the people be a little bit oh that was annoying with that thing? and then maybe they get swept away that's you know there's always that one person who doesn't appreciate people. somehow the, there's a bill but i really like the idea that there's this and again we, we we hasten to say that we're not really talking about an actual tsunami but a tsunami that's that's uh, um created using movie magic and yeah and, and uh, computer imaging and so on. Uh, please, anybody who's listening to this podcast, I, 
I cannot implore you enough. If a tsunami comes, that's not the time to take up wave withstanding. Only somebody who is an experienced wave withstander yes. should uh, try to withstand a tsunami. I just oh, absolutely. Leave it, leave it to the experts. And, and yeah. uh, uh, Now, Tommy, I'm so glad you paint this elegant picture because, well, sadly, I've seen the, the flip side of that where in the old days, just last year or two years ago, people, you know, with those beach umbrellas, not the frilly ones. And I've seen it with a friend where it just a wind comes and this spear just <laughs> cartwheels through uh, innocent beachgoers. And it, it's frightening and, and could be deadly, I would think. Of course it could. I'm laughing out of horror, you know, when like when the guy in the, in the original Mummy movie sees the mummy get up, he starts laughing uncontrollably because he's yeah. horrified. That's how that what that's what that laughter was like. The the beach umbrella that turns into a spear flies through the the beach and becomes a, a, a an object of terror. Uh, uh, I'm so glad you had the courage, really, to raise that issue, Scotty. It's well, uh, you know, I've been I, I've been there, done that, and and I've you know dodged it, and and that's to this day it's had an effect on me too. Just like the being knocked down by the wave. I just don't like a beach umbrella. I know you, Tommy. <laughs> I, I prefer to lather on or slather on, which, by the way, is the only time slather is used when it comes to suntan lotion, because uh, it's an extra. It's lather plus. Right. It's slathering. It's the verb. <laughs> yeah. Slather. You don't slather on anything slather. else to my mouth. Slather on after. You don't even slather on after shave. You slap on after shave. No, it's got to be some kind of gooey, uh, uh, sort of creamy thing that you yeah. slather on. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It can't uh, slather on a liquidy thing. It's got to be creamy, sun, you know, uh, suntan lotion. And maybe that's the only thing you can slather. I, I believe it's a, it's one of those words that it's a very strict, very narrow. Can I, you know, people have been saying, can I slather this? And we just gently say, can no. Can no. slather the evening news? No. No, cannot. it can only be suntan lotion. Now, Tommy, you brought up those days of uh, tanning butter. And I remember uh, number four, Band du Soleil, which... Comically ineffective. I mean, number four SPF. Uh, but we would that was like oh, putting on lotion, and it would just shine. And then we discussed this, I think, once on an earlier podcast, the reflectors, which yes. is red with the with the well, what was it? Kind of a uh, aluminum okay. tin foil kind of interior. Right. People listening a thousand years from now may uh, uh, have to conjure up in their mind. This thing made of this, this substance called cardboard with aluminum foil on it or something like that. It was that simple. And, and you would unfold them and hold them under your chin. It was the uncoolest way to lie in the sun in my yeah, opinion. But yeah, but people did it. And it was the, 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 the point of it was to somehow magnify the already intense rays of the sun that is burning your skin. I mean, it literally almost you could see smoke coming up from some people. <laughs> Faces and and yet that was de rigueur. I mean, you had yep. your reflector, and I was in on that in the early days. I don't that know if I ever city, used it. Though. You would see it more in an urban area. Yeah, because, and the idea being that the sun actually reflects off and bounces and tans the underside of your chin, which often doesn't get enough tan uh, uh, when you're walking around. And 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 the idea of a lot like these tanning butters were actually like little. Uh, also, oil. Sometimes people would just put baby oil on their skin. Oh yeah, yeah. And, 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 and just lie in the sun for hours. How, I, I used to do that. I mean, I used to do. You know, it was this. It was what we did in college. 
And it, actually, when you lie in the grass, you don't get as burnt. But when you lie in the beach, man, you get burnt. Oh, oh and I, I think we all remember our biggest sunburns. In mine oh. in particular, I used to go to what my parents uh, belonged to, the Silver Gold Beach Club, which was featured in the movie uh, The Flamingo Kid. And they're kind of a middle-class Brooklyn, Queens uh, beach club where we sat on concrete and had little cabinets to change in. Some people had cabanas. We didn't. Uh, Browning a pool or browning a pool? Oh no, it was on the beach, so there was the ocean. But basically, we sat and chatted. And then the big thing was when people would invite you to the cabana for drinks. I mean, not me, but my parents. And so it was a wonderful thing. I do remember sitting on the edge of the beach at a pool with my friend Bobby Shankoff and um, uh, a woman, uh, Jeannie Helfer, and I believe Ann Cohn. I remember these names very well. And we were just chatting and sitting on the edge with you know a bathing suit and no top. And, th- and just not thinking, well, I'm not laying out in the sun. I'm having a conversation. And Tommy, I just literally, I could not put a shirt on. That's how yes. painful it was. I know that thing of the not putting a shirt on. And by the way, I'm glad you listed those names. A lot of people, when they do their, when they re- recount anecdotes, they fail to actually list the actual names of the people who were, who were with them. So Oh, no. And then, and then our listeners try to look it up. And that's a lifetime of work. <laughs> <laughs> research you have to drop everything your whole life you have to it's so little clues not little clues so, but now they, it's right out there you know it right out there yeah about it. and the other thing is that that the, the shoulder i remember the blisters oh. got you would get blisters i mean i did and 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 they oh. would grow and you would think my god what is more grotesque than blisters in a way it sort of turned me into a, a human monster <laughs> uh, 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 my shoulders were and and, yeah. and 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 yeah you couldn't put in i remember my mom would do what put tea cold tea onto a cloth and then put them on my back mm. and shoulders and that did sort of comfort me well, that, well i had a i remember i had very very red 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 chest and thinking oh i got some you know i didn't put anything on or anything, lotion and it was and literally but then like you like the whole it's a little unattractive to hear but i believe my whole chest began peeling so it was really a a, the most grotesque that would be a great horror film uh starts off as just a romp hey let's get some color we used to say that let's get some color that would be the expression and uh and that was the worst burn i ever had and again but again you didn't think about that but then over time and and when i go to the beach the last few years i'm so meticulous about my suntan sun lotion coverage and and and, because then i remember days when i missed like oh no gotta go here because that's you missed that and that's that gets you. So uh, it takes yeah. quite a while, but I haven't had any issues in the last several years, fortunately. Uh, sunburning. Yeah, I, I have really avoided the sun in the last several years. And and it is true that this, it, it, you know, I was also heard, you know, if you had a sunburn when you were a kid, it can really cause damage and come back to haunt you later. Well, you know, I mean, that's that you never want to hear that because no, yeah. sunburns when I was. Yeah, yeah, it could have been then. Yeah. Uh, another time I was at Candlestick Park, the old Candlestick Park, watching the San Francisco Giants, I believe, in the early 80s with comedian Alan Havey. And we sat out in the outfield on the bleachers and it was July 4th. And it was just this nonstop blistering, worse than a beach, probably, because there's no nothing gets in the way. And that I also that was my last big ta- uh, uh, burn. But not each burn. Now, I, I, I remember and I, I know that lakes, I've been in small lakes and I've gotten really burnt. Yeah. 
matter, you know, that sunburn doesn't care how big the body of water is you're next to. And, and, and just the whole thing also of walking around it, 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 um, sort of hunched shoulders like an old man, but I'm, I'm 15 years old, just walking around and, and, and slowly and everything hurts and, and, and stings. And then also it seems like my skin is hot. Like yeah. your skin is actually burning. Oh, literally is, yeah. Okay, so. Um, well, Tommy, I think that, and I hope, and not, I don't have to hope because I'm sure it'll happen. As you know, without meaning to, our podcast take on great interest in the scientific community and the medical community. Without That's never been our intention or our yeah. focus, but it just happens. And I think this episode, apart from its you know, entertainment component, which is huge, uh, I think that every skin uh, a dermatologist should have it uh, be part of its treatment to everyone listen to this. Because with right. humor and with the natural way, we've exposed the dangers of being exposed to the sun without protection. Scotty, I'm going to go further than that. I'm going to suggest in a, in a heartfelt but still very distinguished way that this podcast, this today's podcast about that this be um, granted as a gift to Johns Hopkins Medical School yeah. for, the, for the, the training of dermatologists. Well, I... I uh, well, I, I give my full uh, permission and cooperation for that. And we have not donated actual no. prior podcasts. I mean, it's always <laughs> for, the, for the listening, but we have not actually physically done that. Time we've ever can't wait to, to go there to Baltimore and present it to these great people. In real time, yeah. an entire podcast to that, which, and I'm assuming, and then this is really armchair speculation, but I'm assuming that that uh, Johns Hopkins, a renowned, which is renowned for its medical school, must surely have a dermatological school. If it oh. does, I'm sure it does. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm sure it's quite well renowned. But if it isn't quite well renowned, this should put it over the top. Oh, easily, easily. And, and really just set a trend. And I think that, you know, we don't, our listeners know we don't have sponsors at the moment. We haven't sought them out because we want to have an a unfettered uh, environment for our musings. But uh, if we do, I'm going to go on a limb and say we may be the first podcast sponsored by Johns Hopkins and, and others and the National Institute of Health and, and uh, all the marvelous people are doing great health and science yeah. work. No, no podcast is sponsored by Johns Hopkins and the National Institute of Health. No. Uh, uh, that, that, this w that would be a first. And, and certainly, um, you know, once you start getting that kind of money coming in, it, it will affect, uh, hopefully we'll still be talking about beach umbrellas with fringe. We won't only become a medical podcast. Oh, That's no, no. I, I guess the only tricky area is, um, you know, we might just be talking about some medical things and ideas. And uh, But now they say, oh, are they just coming up with ideas for Johns Hopkins to cash in? And are we going to yeah. cash in too? So we have to make it clear that our, we're stand, just as we were, Tommy, as way with standards, we withstand the lure of being influenced by our sponsors in any way, shape, or form. That's right. So, and, and this is, uh, uh, first of all, I want to give up, you know, we talk about heartfelt. I want to give my heartfelt uh, gratitude to Johns Hopkins for even considering this. Uh, and I realize this is all speculation. We haven't heard from Johns Hopkins, nor, nor have we uh, told them of our, we're just now, in fact, this is just happening right now as we speak, 
in real time that we have announced that, that we are going to donate this podcast, today's episode, yeah. to Johns Hopkins. So, I mean, the excitement, you know, I can, we can just imagine what the excitement is out in Baltimore. Well, and I hope, and I think, look, it's a big institution. They probably have a designated person whose job is to monitor the millions of podcasts that go out every day for references to Johns Hopkins at the medical school. Right. Uh, so I'm hoping that that so this will get to them very quickly, what we're saying. Right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, otherwise, we, we, we put the podcast in a box or something like that and we send it to them and they're not <laughs> expecting it. Yeah. And it gets, you know, who knows what happens? You know, John, John Hopkins probably gets a lot of boxes and um, I mean, they might I, not open it up right away or they might have they might to open it up it. right away. Yeah. And, and, and it gets lost in the shuffle, gets pushed aside. They don't know what it is. They never heard of it. Uh, the, 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 we, we, what we need to do is, is announce it with some fanfare, which I, 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 we didn't have time to do any fanfare today. No, so but we'll, we'll add that in as we... Yeah, you're good with the fanfare. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also, Tommy, I'm thinking uh, this could also be, you know, some of these, these films in the past that warned against the evils of marijuana, reefer madness, or... Or drinking and driving and, and horrible, those mechanized death, you know, driver's ed films. But ours could be, it could go many ways. It could also be, uh, uh, have some horror in it, you know, but also the humor uh, and yeah. the, uh, our cautionary tale, as we always say. Right. And, 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 and uplifting at the end with the oh, guys yeah. standing against the, the, the huge tsunami. I think that it may be one of those things that they wind up uh, showing to beachgoers uh, on a on a daily basis. Yeah, um, it'll be a great instruction. And then it'll be a cult thing, of course. And it'll be a midnight year, you know, thing that'll always yeah. be shown. And be, oh, oh man, here it comes, you know, and, 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 and that's great too, because people should enjoy right. it. You know. So, so, so essentially what we've announced here is uh, our podcast will be made into a huge feature film and uh TV series and will be donated to Johns Hopkins and, and, and also will be used as an instructional, uh, a, 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 as you say, a cautionary video uh, to avoid um, too much sunburn and standing in the tsunami and uh, yeah. a host of other beach uh, issues. This this is an interesting uh, uh, show, Scotty. And it all began talking about the beach and as you said, and jogged my memory of uh, our days of wave, wave with standers and wave taunting. And I had lamented earlier on, I said, it's been 40 years and it never caught on, no Olympic designation. And then you told me, I did not know this, that surfing began, it only caught on 40 years after it was invented, thanks to the Gidget film. So this has been a, a yeah. podcast of revelation, of quite, of excitement and anticipation. And, uh, and I hope that our listeners feel the same way. Oh, I'm sure they do. And, and uh, yeah, so uh, we are, we're saying officially the beach is open and, and go withstand some waves and, and then enjoy a, a hearty dinner under a, 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 a beach umbrella with fringe. But please, please make sure it's anchored firmly on the, on the beach table so it doesn't fly away and become a, a, a terrifying... A cartwheeling thing. spear. And, and, and please use protection. <laughs> and you yeah. know what I mean? Suntan lotion with at least yeah. 30. So Tommy, uh, wow, we're the only ones who do instructional PSAs that are delightfully entertaining. 
is who knows how many lives this podcast uh, will save just from the people who won't stand try to withstand during a tsunami. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, uh, uh, this is one of those those you know. I mean, I, I get a lump in my throat when I when we come to the end of this pod today's episode because I do feel like we've we have given back, we have saved lives, and we have done our part. Well, absolutely. And all that's left to say right now is I remain sincerely yours, Scott Blakeman. I'm always going to be Tom Saunders and we'll get into